We're learning the third sikha of Parshas B'Shalach in Chelek Chofalef on page 89. The shit today is being learned to the Nishmas, Rabbi Yosef ben Yamin ben Rabbi Menashe Koltman. B'Soyev Parshaseinu, by Melchemes HaMolek. In the end of this week's Parsha, where the Torah tells us the story of HaMolek that came to fight the Eden. Rashi brings the, the words of the Pasuk where it says, V'yidei Moshe Kveidim, and Moshe Rabbeinu's hands were heavy. So what has happened here in the story is that Moshe Rabbeinu sent out Yeshua to go and fight Amalek. And meanwhile, he went on top of a mountain and held his hands up to Shemayim, to Davin Tashem. So the Pasuk says that Moshe Rabbeinu's hands became heavy. Rashi brings these words in his Mephadish and explains, because he was lax with fulfilling the mitzvah of going out and fighting Amalek, and he appointed someone else in his place, his hands became heavy. So what is Rashi saying here? The Pirish Bezeb Apashtus is, the simple understanding of what Rashi is saying is as follows. Rashi is Rashi is here to explain, even though the simple meaning of this language, that the hands of Moshe are heavy, using a present tense, is mashma, it would seem, as does is given by him, damos, amatsiv, tmidi, that this was just his condition, his constant condition at that time period, and we can say it's mitzad zain zikna, because of his old age. At that point, Moshe Rabbeinu was 80 years old, about. Is Rashi mifarish, so Rashi comes and says, as does is nitazai. That's not what the Pasuk is saying here, that his hands was heavy because of old age. It happened because of a certain cause. Because he was lazy or he was uh, lax in the mitzvah, so his hands became heavy. However, what Rashi says, it needs to be understood. In Pasha Shemais, earlier in Pasha Shemais, Meshach Rabbeinu is on the way with his wife and his children back to Mitzrayim and they stop off in a hotel and a snake comes and attacks Meshach Rabbeinu and wants to kill him. It's Rashi Mifadish, Vayivakish HaMisa, Meshach wanted to kill Meshach. The reason is, Lefisha Lemal Es Eliezer Benoi. Because he didn't do a brismila for his son Eliezer. Va'al Shem Israshol, because he was careless or he wasn't mindful of the mitzvah, Nenash Einish Mitzvah, Misa. So therefore, he was about to be punished with death. Then Rashi says, Tanya, Omer Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisi says, God forbid, Moshe Rabbeinu was not careless about the mitzvah. Moshe Rabbeinu made a calculation that he has a command to go to Mitzrayim. As Rashi explains what Moshe Rabbeinu's calculation was. When Rashi continues and brings the Pshat that Rabbi Yaisi says that God forbid to say that Moshe Rabbeinu was careless about a mitzvah. He doesn't say that this is a drash. This is literally Pshatish Mikra. This is the simple understanding of the Pasuke. So it's understood as Eichal Pshatish Mikra Monsich Nocha Pirish Subavaranin as Chasvashalom Lainis Rashi. That even in the simple Pshat of the Pasuk, Rashi must add this additional detail here about Moshe Rabbeinu, because God forbid to say that Moshe Rabbeinu is lazy or careless about a mitzvah. If so, the question is here, How does Rashi here say so simply, as Nisat Sobe Mitzvah, that Moshe Rabbeinu was lazy with this mitzvah? 
on is the fat and the that's the punishment there. Um brengt a fill in it, that's waiting pirish, doesn't bring any other interpretation to this. Was the shoyle zayin, the minyan fanatzlas by Moshe, that would negate this concept that there is no laziness on behalf of Moshe. Nachmer questions furthermore. Oich leitn ashton pirish and Rashi dark does not move on. Even according to the first explanation that Rashi there says that Moshe Rabbeinu was careless about the mitzvah, so it's not understood. Vibalt as Moshe is shayin nenish gevarn if an inyan from Israshlus be mitzvah. If Moshe Rabbeinu once before was already punishment for if punished that is for a laziness in a mitzvah, is doch moving up pashit, so it's obvious, it's understood. As from then on, is Moshe given zoyer as by him zol nezayin chas v'shalom can inyan from Israshlus be mitzvah. So definitely he learned his lesson, and from there going forward, he never had any level of laziness for any mitzvah. And via zoyer is da. Rashi mifarish as this is given by Moshe and Aniyim from the Atzal b'Mitzvah. How could Rashi say that here again this happens that Moshe Rabbeinu is lazy with fulfilling a mitzvah? So now, this is the pshat that Rashi says in the pasuk, but there are other pshatim that it says in Midrashim and so on that Rashi could have brought. In Midrashim, Chazal Zenada Oich under the time of Avos Kavdi Yod. There are other reasons explaining why Moshe Rabbeinu's hands became heavy. Aleph. In Targum Yenison state, as does the far, was said that upgelect the Muhammad Machar. The reason he had this punishment, his hands became heavy, is because he delayed the mitzvah of fighting a Malik to the next day. And he didn't go quickly and fight a Malik on that very day. Bez, another pshat, Nochatam state, Yokru Yodov Shal Mesha, the manager says, Mesha Rabbeinu's hands were heavy, Mishuma Veniseim Shal Yisrael, as a result of the sins of Yidin. When the Yidin questioned, is the Ebishta amongst us? Is he not amongst us? This is why Amalek came to attack the Yidin. And this is also why Moshe Rabbeinu's hands became heavy. So now, let's see why Rashi doesn't quote any of these explanations. The fact that Rashi doesn't ring the first shot of the Targum Yenison, at least as a second shot here, is more when it's understood. Even though in the general content of this pshat, it's similar to the pshat that Rashi actually brings, a certain behavior, which is the opposite of doing things with alacrity and going quickly into doing a mitzvah. But it's understood that this reason is not logical according to the simple pshat of the Pasek. As mitzad atzlos, the fact that Moshe delayed it until the next day was simply out of laziness. This is not, it doesn't make sense that Moshe Rabbeinu would delay an entire day to the next day just out of laziness. So Zabinut move on. However, what's not understood here is, Why doesn't Rashi bring the reason that the Medrash says that Moshe Rabbeinu's hands are a result of the Eden's Avedis? So over here, there's no atzlos, there's no laziness on behalf of Moshe. And especially as the fact that here, it's the sins of Eden that are causing this is not something novel. In Pirish Rashi, Rashi himself explains this and brings this, that the ganze sibe fun nochemes amalek is thus was the Eden am gezog, tayash Hashem b'kebeinu. The fact that Eden questioned the presence of Hashem amongst them was the whole reason why Amalek uh, had this opening to come and attack Eden. 
is the Chmei Mas and Tzalanin Akopanim al Tzvete Pirish. So it's definitely more fitting here to learn at least as a second interpretation. As Videi Moshe Kveden, that when Moshe's hands are heavy, is Tzalib of an Yisrael Shal Yisrael. It's a result of the sins of Yidin. For Zvegen Dem, Hachin Ditoyed Itzelt. This is something that the Torah tells us already about here. Eidetz and Moshev Zayin, as does a Slibaninyan for Nesatzel by Moshe. Rather than saying that this is a result of a laziness on behalf of Moshe Rabbeinu himself. Okay, now, this question here that Rebbe continues in Siv Gimel about the fact that we're looking at Moshe Rabbeinu's behavior as being laziness becomes even stronger when we look at what it says later in the Torah. The Shverikait in Pirish Rashi, as Nisatzel Moshe b'mitzvah minach atachtav, that Moshe Rabbeinu was lazy and he appointed someone else in his place, that becomes even greater when the child that's learning Pshutish Mikri here will come to Parshas Pinchas and read what it says there. In Parshas Pinchas, that Moshe Rabbeinu asks Hashem when he knows that he's not going to bring Yidin into Eretz Yisrael, that Hashem should appoint a leader for Yidin to bring them, to go out and to bring them into Eretz Yisrael, is Rashi Mefarish. So Rashi there says as follows, Moshe Rabbeinu here, or like Kederach, that is, Moshe Rabbeinu here is, is asking this, unlike the way it is with the kings of Amiri, or Malchei HaUmaisteri, sorry, the kings of the nations. They sit in their palaces, they send out their armies into war. I want you to appoint the leader that should go and do the same as me. I myself went and fought Sichan and I personally didn't send anybody else. As haste, as by Meishan is given Klar. So we see here that by Meishan Rabbein himself it was clear as an If you're being appointed as a leader, so then you don't appoint anybody else to go and fight in a battle, but you have to go yourself out. Moshe is bringing his own example that he set of how he behaved. He went out himself and fought Even though Moshe Rabbeinu was deep in his old age. If so, it becomes extremely difficult to understand here. Here Moshe Rabbeinu is the leader of Klal Yisrael. And he's 40 years younger, approximately. By Melchemist Amalek, here, by this battle with Amalek, is Nisatza Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu was lazy and he sends Yeshua to go and fight. It's from them, Gufu Mochach. What can we prove from all of this? As the Reyufu Nisatza, by Melchemist Amalek, the fact that it says here that Moshe Rabbeinu was lazy, it was this war against Amalek, is nit kentstire ditzu. It's not a contradiction to this that Moshe Rabbeinu himself says, that a leader of people himself has to go out into war. And so then, was Moshe alein hazegefeared by Melchem Yisrochevay. And the way Moshe Rabbeinu himself behaved when it came to the war 40 years later with the with, with Sichananik. So this has to be explained. What is what happened over here in this case why Moshe Rabbeinu decides to send Yeshua as a shliach to go and fight Amalek? Let's pay close attention to the exact choice of words in Rashi here. Whereas Mishane funim loshen vasazak bepirusha bepashish meisanal, and Rashi changes the word that he uses, the expression that he uses earlier in parashish meis. So Aleph number one, dardzak Rashi shenisrashal. Earlier Rashi uses the word nisrashal, which uh, the literal translation that I saw is remiss or careless. 
Und da shenesatzel. Over here, he uses the word nesatzel, lax, lazy. Not exactly the same meaning. Beis bepirusha bepashish stam. Even though it's talking there about the mitzvah of Bismila, but Rashi just says nesrashel. He was careless. That Moshe Rabbeinu was lazy in this mitzvah. Why is Rashi adding this uh, emphasis here? So first, what is the exact difference between the term Nisrashel and Nisatzel? The chiluk tzvishin rashlonus and atzlus is, the difference between these two expressions, rashlonus and atzlus, is as follows. Rashlonus meant algemeina opkalosenkeit, when a person is in general with an attitude of carelessness. Then that's the, re- the reason why a person is procrastinating and he's delaying doing something that has to be done because he's careless about it. Atzlanos is a felkite. Atzlanos, though, means a laziness benigeya apratis de gepoola. It's not a general attitude of carelessness, but it's a certain level of laziness regarding a specific action. Tongue, whether to do something, gain, to go somewhere, or get up from sleep. The Rebbe in the here brings different examples where you see in the Pasik the term atzlus used in these kanta, in this context of a specific action. So therefore, it will be lacking the required zrizus, alacrity, because of a specific level of laziness regarding a specific action. Here in our case, is this by Meishan, So besides the fact that over here Rashi says there was no general carelessness on behalf of Meishan, it's just an atzlus, a specific level, a specific aspect of laziness. But here Rashi adds another point. The laziness is in the context of this mitzvah. It's regarding this mitzvah that we're speaking about here. Heistos, an Indian, fun, atzlos, we refer to it as a level of laziness, kudlakamon, as will be explained in detail here, what exactly this expression of nisatzel bin mitzvah means. The beer so the explanation here is as follows. Here, the Rebbe will show, show us, if you look at the context of the story of what happens here, and what Moshe Rabbeinu's position is as a leader, that will see that Moshe Rabbeinu made the choice not to go out with war, not just the lightheadedness and just like decided to shirk the responsibility as a leader. There was a very, very detailed calculation that goes into this. So the Biyabizet explanation here is as follows. The Sibbe was Moshe is nid gigangin in the Mohammed is, the reason Moshe Rabbeinu did not go out into war here, in the simple pshat of the Pasik, it wasn't some kind of carelessness, or even any level of laziness either, God forbid. Nor rather, was of the opinion, that he, at this age, being 80 years old, he's not the person to go out and fight in the war. Furthermore, to be the one, to the general, to lead the army, to lead everyone, is it's for those that are within that bracket, age bracket, of the ones that go and fight in the war. As the Taita says later, that's from the age of 20 to 60. Even though we find that Moshe Rabbeinu led Yidin out of Mitzrayim with the ten Makis and then by Kriyas Yamsov and he's the one that led Yidin with all these tremendous wonders and miracles. And many of these things, the Makis and so on, were related to Moshe Rabbeinu 
behaving and acting with, with certain might as it was to bring about these miracles as the Rebbe brought pre- previously in order six regarding the Makkah and Mitzrayim, Shechin, when he had to throw. <coughs> so, and Nachmer, even more. In the Mucham, in Mitzichem, Vaoig, is Moshe Rabbeinu Alein Gegangen, Bereish from Dan Sheyatzava, as we pointed out before there, Moshe Rabbeinu went in the, at the head and led the entire army to fight them. Arais Weisendik, wie angedeutet in Pirish Rashi, eisgewöhnliche Gewürde, Moshe Rabbeinu demonstrated unusual might. Und das sein die Gescheinen agil korrt zu mei wessem schone, and at the age of being about 120 years old. So if so, what does this mean that Moshe Rabbeinu thought that he's not fit to be a soldier in an army? We see here Moshe Rabbeinu fought and went in the, at the head of Yidden when he was at a much older age. But the difference is, is that the dog given in ganz nah an der here it's a completely different situation. The Anhage from the Mevishten mit Yidin bis zu der Mochamim mit Amalek is given it apiteva, not by Fenisi. Up until this point, the way the Evishter is acting with Yidin was all out of nature, supernatural. On the Evishter from the Isis Mevishten with Mitzrayim, of course, beginning with all the wonders and miracles in Mitzrayim, then Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, when Yidin leave Mitzrayim, Kriyas Yam, Sof Shalachres, and then the splitting of the sea. And then the Yidin Saman was Slav, and then the Yidin get the Man and the Slav, the birds that came that Yidin ate from. Was then a gekommen by Finisi Menashemayim. It all is miracles coming down from heaven. And I'm gespeist all Yidin and fed all the Yidin. Ko midegaber in Rifidim. However, here something changed when Yidin arrived into this place of Rifidim. For Yidin Abim gesagt, Hayesh Hashem bekerbenim mine. And Yidin questioned, Is Hashem amongst us or not? Is the Mevishen's Hanhagim mit Yidin nit given in im Eifen von Nisen Gluyim? Here, Hashem is acting with Yidin not in the same open, miraculous way. Navi Rashi zakt betchilas parshas Amalek, as Rashi himself says in the beginning of this parsha here, Asamach parsha zul mikrazeh loymat. So the pasuk here is is written to tell you, Tamid ani benechem. I'm always amongst you. Umezumel luchol tzarchechem, and when I'm ready to provide you all your needs. And you're questioning whether I'm amongst you or not. You'll see now, I swear, and you'll see in your life here that a dog will come and bite you. And that's a Malik that came and attacked Yidin. Which was holding Yidin, threw Yidin off. And here Yidin were exposed to the, uh, to the elements of nature or to the powers of nature, including a Malik that came and attacked so this haste, what does this mean? The Seba from Muhammad Amalek is given the hast upon him from the Mebishtin. The whole reason that Amalek could come and fight Yidin was because the Abishta concealed himself and allowed nature and Amalek to come and attack Yidin. Since Yidin now are in a situation where Hashem is concealing himself and there is no miraculous behavior, the river Atzagifadit. So therefore, what's demanded here is as behesem lezeh that afoich the mulchamet gefeared veren and aseide from a mulchamet tivis. So the mulchamet to fight a molek had to also be done with a mulchamet with natural means. As by the yitzit zavas on zayin bechar, as it says here in the pasuk that the ones that they chose to go out to fight, they chose the people that are strong and are able to fight. Or befrat the emdim bereishet zav, especially the generals that are leading them into war. Kaila loich zayin in the gil hagvura. And including this detail here, to be in the right age, to be in the age of 20 to 60, to be able to fight. And that's why Meshach Rabbeinu felt that he doesn't belong to go out and fight. 
Shenkem, by Mohammed, Sichem, Vaoib, by contrast, when it comes to the Muhammad that Yidin fought, Sichem and Oig, 40 years later, was the Muhammad's given the Mailam and Ateva. This is a war that was fought with miracles. As Hashem clearly tells Moshe, says, I gave him into your hands. It's, it's all going to happen from me, from the Ebishter. You don't have to, it's not in nature. In a war where the Ebishter says, I already granted him to you. So over here, the rules of nature don't apply. So Moshe Rabbeinu, being at the age of 120, goes and leads Eden into war. That's the simple calculation that Moshe Rabbeinu made why he didn't go into the army and to fight. It's not because of any laziness, but because this is not in his position to do. It's not that this is not what required from him at all at this time period. <coughs> okay, so here there's another important point about this as well regarding why Moshe Rabbeinu did not join and go and fight. The fact that Moshe Rabbeinu did not participate in going and fighting in the war with Amalek is not only because of what Moshe Rabbeinu was lacking, that he wasn't up to going and fighting. Since this is a war that's being conducted with the laws of nature, so therefore Yeshua has to lead this uh, war. And therefore Moshe Rabbeinu has to just stay out of it. Moshe Rabbeinu, in the positive sense, took up a certain position that he, where he belongs to be, to participate here in this war effort in his own way. When you're fighting a war, so even naturally, What's required is two different points for the success of the war. Aleph, the first thing is the ishtadlus, or politivis, in Mephirin de Muhammad. Whatever effort and whatever activity has to be done naturally in the battle itself, and that's done by those that are appropriate for this, the ones that are strong, that have the might. Base, but then there's another thing. The nisinus kayach visiyua fundam eibishten in der Muhammad. The help that the Eivishter gives that the Eden should win the war. But it says, move on, because it's understood, even just learning the, the Pasuk and its simple basic level of Pshat. Even when we're talking about fighting a war and just with nature, you must have the help and assistance from Hashem to be victorious in these battles. So that's definitely a very critical part of the Muhammad. This explains what Rashi says when they came to choose who are going to be the men that will go out to fight. So Rashi says, who, who are, who's fit? They should be both very strong and also God-fearing that their merits should help them here. So Rashi brings both details. In Mechilte, these are two opinions. So one opinion says that, each opinion says, that is, that only one of these attributes are necessary. But Rashi brings both. In this war, even in simple pshat, it's understood that both are required. To have strong men for the physical fighting. And then to be God-fearing, to have the help and assistance from Hashem to be victorious. 
So we see here how these two different aspects were here in the Muhammad Bamalik. Alev, Gvura Gashmis, Unkayaktivi, you needed physical might and all whatever forces that you have in nature. And these are the soldiers at the right age, a younger age, Ungefir Turich Yeshua, which are led by Yeshua and Niturich Mesha and not through Mesha. That's one part of the battle here. But then another very important part of the battle is Beis Hatfila, the davening of the Ezev Siyua Mulmaila to bring the assistance of Hashem from above. As Yidin Zalman Atzeich Zayin, the Muhammad Tivis, Yidin should be victorious in this battle that's being led with natural means. One of them is moving a pashit as Meisha is Amersten Masim Veroyleze. That Meisha Rabbeinu is the most fitting individual to daven for the sake of Yidin that are fighting in the war. So Meisha Rabbeinu participated in this battle with the davening in his way, where he was the most the most appropriate position for him. So this is what Meisha Rabbeinu is saying to Yeshua. Choose for us men, and you go out and fight with a Malik. tomorrow. I will stand here at the at the top of the uh, mountain. Umato with the staff of Hashem in my hands. So what do you see here in this pasuk? So here we see in this pasuk that Moshe Rabbeinu is telling him and putting forward the two details that are necessary that are required in fighting a war. So fearing the Muhammad there's the actual war that has to be fought. And for this Yeshua was appointed. Told say he lochem b'amalek go out and fight with a malik. On the tefillah ala kadosh baruch hu was dasat meishigenumen avzich. And then meishavena takes upon himself to daven to Hashem for the for the success of this battle. On neichi nitzav al reish agiva umatal lekim goimed. I will be there at the top of the mountain with the staff of Hashem, and I will daven to Hashem. So the pasuk starts b'char lono. It's Moshe and Yeshua that are going to collaborate in fighting this war. Yeshua with his position, say Hilochem, and Moshe Rabbeinu with his position, Onoichi Nitzav, Oresha Giva, to Davin. Oresha Giva is a given, Shori Betainis. Moshe Rabbeinu, when he went up to Davin at the top of the mountain, so he was fasting. Virashi is Mefarish Oif, Umoshe, Aaron, Vachur, so Rashi there says, Mekan, Latainis, Shetzrichim, Shloisha, Lavadof, Neateva, that they went all three together because from here we learn that for a Tainis you have to have three to Davin for the Yomit, Shabbatainis, so Yishtrim. They were all fasting. Vayihi, Yodav, Amuna, and his hands were there, held up, faithful to Hashem, Prusais, Hashemayim, Betfila, spread out to Hashem, Davening to Hashem. Umitzadem, now we understand even more why Meish Rabbeinu came to the conclusion that he doesn't belong going out to battle fighting. Aleph, because Shari B'tainas and Nobkishvach. Meish Rabbeinu is fasting. He has to fast. He, his position is to daven Tashem with all of his might, which includes fasting. So he's weakened. Is it Masim Tzegeim Muhammad? So it's not fitting for him to go out and fight. Going up at the head, at the, at the top of the mountain, with the staff of Hashem, and with his hands raised up. So this, besides the fact that he's davening, so now he's in a place where all Yidin can see him from there, when they go out to battle. And this will give them the courage and the strength to go out and fight in war. So Moshe Rabbeinu didn't just bow out from his responsibility. On the contrary, Moshe Rabbeinu was the one that was davening for Yidin and fasting. 
and put himself in a place where he's going to give the Eden the greatest courage to be able to fight in battle. So this is all the calculations that Moshe Rabbeinu made here. So what is it that it says over here that Moshe Rabbeinu, there was an atzlus in the mitzvah, and therefore his hands became heavy. So what does this mean? So even though Moshe Rabbeinu's calculations were right, this is the way it's supposed to be. Over here in this battle, which is Alpiteva. From Desvegen, nevertheless, is Nesiakru Yodov, his hands became heavy. He was lazy in this mitzvah and he appointed someone else. So what does this mean? Where, where was Moshe Rabbeinu's calculation incorrect? Since we're talking about a mitzvah from Hashem to fight a Malik, Moshe Rabbeinu should not make any calculations. And just go out and fight. To go out and fight and not to think how, what, who. I, Medav Tzilaton. Well, you're going to ask, well, someone is going to have to dive into Hashem because you can't be victorious in any battle without having Tfila, the assistance of above that comes through davening. And Moshe is the most befitting person to come and daven for Yidin. He can go out into battle with the staff of Hashem. And there and the battlefield. And daven over there, a short prayer to the Ebishter that Yidin should be saved. But he should have immediately rushed into battle and I asked to daven, hold daven over there in the battlefield. And as we saw already, this Indian that the Ebishter tells us to Moshe Rabbeinu by Kriyas Yamsuf, as b'shas Yidin zane gevenen zera engin matzif, zera engin matzif, and Yidin were in a very, very narrow place. They were stuck. The Mitzrayim zane the Mitzrayim zane geven lachireim. The Mitzrayim came and were chasing them from behind them. On the Yam lefneim, and all they had, they had the Yamsuf right in front of them. O Moshe had zich gestellt mispal zane Moshe Rabbeinu stood and davened to Hashem. At the Ebishter by him gemon, the Hashem demands of Moshe Rabbeinu ma titzakelai. Why are you now standing and screaming and doubting to me? Daber Speak to the Eden and tell them to travel forward. Rashi is mefarish, and Rashi there explains what this means. It's, it's not the right time now to daven with a with Vayitzak, to daven at length, to immerse yourself in davening. She is the are in a time of danger. So here too, Meshach Rabbeinu could daven for Yidin, but at Tefillah Kitzara in the battlefield. Und der Eber, so therefore, Chach, Moshe hat gehabt die Taimim, von was er alleine nicht gegangen bei Mohammed. So Moshe Rabbeinu had good reasons why he didn't go into battle. Und die Cheshbeinis, and again, nicht so lieb sich. And all these Cheshbeinis that he made were not in any way for his own sake. Nor wist his Masim, le Teufes an Mohammed bin Yitzchina. Rather, he was doing this all for the benefit of the battle, of the war, and its victory. As Erzal sein Shorit betimest, that he should be able to fast, um espal sein Beresha Giva, and Davin at the head, at the top of the mountain, Kanal Barucha, as we explained before at length. Und dazu noch hat er bewarnt, und Mina achetachta. And Moshe Rabbeinu made sure to appoint someone else in his place, Shluchay Shaladim Kemoisai, someone that's taking his place and it's, he's representing him, Mamish. Was in an anderen Fall, but das Gewinne an Hogem Asimeh von Moshe Rabbeinu. In any other case, this would have been the right, appropriate behavior for Moshe Rabbeinu. But yet over here, we're talking here about a command from Hashem to fight a Malik. 
that Moshe's on Hagi Gerechint, al an Indian for Nesatzel. So Moshe Rabbeinu's behavior here is considered on some level to be a laziness. Legabe dem oifen han Hagi v'svadetzich b'mitzvah. In relation to the level of sacrifice and jumping straight into fighting that's necessary here in this mitzvah. The greatkeit unzrizus zatana mitzvah. The readiness and the alacrity that's necessary in fulfilling a mitzvah. So it doesn't mean it's atzal in the simple literal sense, but it means that even though there are right cheshbainis, but nevertheless, in a mitzvah, he should have rushed into it with, uh, to go and fight even after all these cheshbainis. Umahai taime is an einish given mida keneged mida. And therefore the punishment here is measure for measure in a siyakru yodov, that his hands became heavy. What he was doing here, his participation with Yidin in the battle, to Davin also came heavy for him, hard for him. The fact that he wanted to separate and focus on his Davening, so that also became hard for him because that's not the place where he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be in the battlefield and just Davin at Tzvila Ketzara there. Here, though, the Rebbe will explain and add another important detail to understand why Moshe Rabbeinu was justified with his cheshbainis and he didn't rush into battle. We can add here another point. By Truth is, by Moshe Rabbeinu, he would never make any calculations if we were talking about a clear and direct command of Hashem. Aber benidden die Don, however, in our case though, gefind man it in Pasik, as der Anzak, zei hi lochem ba Malik is given at Zivim Yifurish. We don't find anywhere in the Pasik that when Moshe Rabbeinu tells Yeshua, go and fight on Malik, that this was a clear command of Hashem. Von Eibishten. Olachen yeshleima, so therefore we can say, as venes volt given azat zivui, if there was a clear command of Hashem to go fight, what Moshe alein gleich mekayim given them zivui. Definitely, Moshe Rabbeinu himself would go and fight, and he wouldn't uh, divide the, the positions of fighting and davening. He would go himself and fight. But there was no clear command. There was no clear command of Hashem for this. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu, Raya Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu being the shepherd of Yidin, did this all as something which is just self understood. That which is that Bishas Goyim foul none of Yidin when Goyim are coming to attack Yidin, you have the obligation to go out and fight and to defend Yidin. That's where, where Moshe Rabbeinu came to this, that's why he went out to fight Amalek. And even according to the conclusion that it says that Amalek was only able to fight with those that were staying lagging behind and they were outside of the uh, the Yidin that remained outside of the clouds of glory that surrounded Yidin at that time period. But so Moshe Rabbeinu still said that those Yidin have to be defended as well. Was of the opinion, you must immediately go out and defend these Yidin. Regardless of what level and who they may be. As we saw Moshe Rabbeinu's behavior when he was still in Mitzrayim, as soon as he got older, and he came out to his brothers, the Yidin, is we not by Yar Ish Mitzri Maki Ish Ivri Meyachov. He sees a Mitzri that's hitting a Jew, 
Hat sich Meisha Rainer nicht gerechnet mit der Tage von der Eschevri? He didn't take a look and see who, who is this Yidri attacked there. Now, Vayach is a Mitzri. He immediately killed the Mitzri for what he did. Und Rebbe, wie bald Meisha hat es getan, via Dova Muva Meyatzmai. Since here, Meisha Rabbeinu is going out or sending Yeshua to go out and fight in battle as something which is self-understood. It's not a clear and direct command of Hashem. So in this case, it's not necessary to run into this and rush into this as it would be with a mitzvah because here he didn't have that clear mitzvah. By the but nevertheless, Hashem considers this to be a level of laziness in a mitzvah. Because when Goyim come and fight Yidin, is this a filler for a mitzvah? Even before Matan this could be considered to be a mitzvah, and a mitzvah and the greatest mitzvah at that. So I raise game by Lohagen al Yisrael to go out to fight and to and to defend and to save Yidin. Und es darf getan werden, unken Ibetrachtungen und Äußerungen. And this should be done without thinking into this, calculating whether I should go, should not go. Hagam, benidden die Don, is nicht gewendet auf Atzivi von Eibischen, even though there was no clear command from Hashem for this. So we understand now that the Nisatzel, the mitzvah in Rashivir, is not to be taken literally. It's on the level of Moshe Rabbeinu, and with all the Cheshbainis, as the Rebbe explained, of why Moshe Rabbeinu didn't go out into battle. Here the Rebbe will explain the, the, the amazing and powerful lesson that we have to take from this Rashi and what's relevant and applicable for us today. From the Pirish Rashi is and From this Rashi we have a very powerful lesson in our Aveda serving Hashem. Says move on, it's understood. As das was Every detail in Tayra is an everlasting lesson. in all times and all places. Is das beifin miyuchad? It's especially so. Biyasas eisel biyaser oz many times more with the, with a taikif in the minyan fun mochamis amalek when it comes to the fight of amalek. Um vidas vikzachayis bekama and yanim and this is expressed in a few different points. Um mehem and from them is the following points here. Aleph says atzivim mufurish k'sayv zayisik karim basayfer regarding amalek. It's a clear command that it should be written. What Amalek did should be written the Sefer that says, as the Iliyo Mailofon as the Karim the Chsav. When you write something, what's the advantage of this? Mitzadem was Tchol Shev Kosev B'Teira Hadover Havenitzchi. Like this is an expression that Rogachov says that anything that's written in Teira, so that's eternal. Is does by Mochanas Amalek be Yasa Teikev Iliyo, and by Amalek this is even more so. Bivalts is Dov Dem Atzivi Miyucha because it's not just part of anything in Teira that's written in the Teira. But here the Torah is specifically saying that it should be written down, that it should be eternal. The way the Ebishter gives the mitzvah to fight Amalek, it's very emphasized that this is something which is constant and forever. Hashem fights Amalek in every generation. The fact that this is something eternal is expressed in the command that there is literally over here in fighting Amalek. It says, As the language that Rambam says in Hilchus Malachim, to constantly fight Amalek with his bad deeds. According to some opinions, it's a mitzvah to remember what Amalek did to Klal Yisrael every single day. 
From them is move on, so therefore we understand from this, as nit blois that toichen from Luchanus Amalek is an Indian nitzchi So not only the content of fighting Amalek and fighting the, the raw, the bad, the spiritual evil of Amalek and Ruchnis level is all a, a, an eternal war. There's a way how you go out to battle. How do you conduct this battle? This is also an eternal lesson here. This is even more relevant now in the times, right before Mashiach comes. The Targum Yenison says, what does it mean when it says that Hashem fights Amalek from one generation to the next? As any from the dry clothes the Gedoris from Mechias Amalek, one of the three general time periods of generations when the Abish to fight Amalek is Dara, the Ikvis of the Mashiach, the time when we're right before Mashiach comes. So, therefore, the lesson of how to fight Amalek is particularly relevant for us now today. So, what's the lesson we take out of what happened here? So we can understand this by first clarifying a general question that can be asked on the subject here. Why at all is Taita telling us this detail that Moshe Rabbeinu's hands became heavy and because there was a level of laziness on behalf of Moshe? It's a rule. The Taita does not speak in negatively even about an impure animal. It says instead, instead of using the word Tmeya. Definitely when it comes to human beings, especially Yidin, definitely Meish Rabbeinu, the chosen of all human beings, why is the Teireh going out of its way to share a certain detail that's negative about it? So from them, Gufes, move on. From this we understand, as Oich Das, as Ahiron, Nitzchis, and Ramachom, Ruchnis, and Amalek, Shabachol Dervede. So there has to be a beer, an eternal lesson in Amalek for all generations. The beer is the explanation here is as follows Amalek, hot, Bemuchantai, Gekent Pegeye sein, nor the Eden, by Vemesis Given, Achalishus, and Amunis Hashem. When Amalek came to fight Eden, who did Amalek attack and who did Amalek affect? Only those Yidin that were weak in their belief in Hashem. And Kanal, as mentioned before, those that were lagging behind. Those that didn't have energy, and it's because of their sins. And therefore the cloud, the clouds of glory, spit them out. So those are the ones that Amalek is able to attack. Those that are outside of the uh, of the clouds. The Eden that are on the inside. Over there, Amalek cannot touch Eden. And their is So the content of this idea of how Amalek comes to fight and who he attacks is relevant in every generation. The overwhelming majority of Klal Yisrael is found, to one degree or another, inside the clouds. In Gvol, on Inevenik from Teiro Mitzvahs, within the boundaries and in the inside where there's the fulfillment of Teiro Mitzvahs. And in a more general sense, connected to Hashem. Everybody in their condition, on their level. Teireh mitzvah, so this cloud, which is Teireh mitzvah, is making of Yidin of alle ruches zaris, protects Yidin from all winds that can come and blow to to attack Yidin. Was blazen from chutz to tchumak dusha that blows outside of the boundaries of holiness, 
Und befragt von Amalek, was bringt Kiris als Karchan in Yana Yadis. Especially the wind of Amalek, which Amalek represents Karcha, he brings in a kaltkeit, a coldness, in dedication to Yiddishkeit. That's for the overwhelming majority of Kali Yisrael. As an Endoy Yidin, however, there are those Yidin, but Mesibis Shainis, for whatever reasons, not understood by us, then is a nit betechon. They're not inside the cloud. They say that Achaim is le'esata nachnit in ganzen bas ome to the Eroes atayre. Their lifestyle is not exactly in sync with the guidance of Teire. Und der Fahr kennt Malik, die Gematria Suffolk, und der Fahr Malik, which has the same Gematria Suffolk that creates doubts in the connection to Hashem, haben Matsutri zu sehen, can have a, uh, a can, can go and come close to attack such a Yid. Und Arayin warfen in sein Sveikis v'chulu, and therefore throw all kinds of doubts in their minds, in Amunabi Yechelis Hashem, the belief that it has in Hashem's power, and create a kaltkeit, a coldness for matters of holiness. Can the Rebbe Gemalt sign? So now it's possible. As Azayid was gefunden sich betoichonon, a Jew that's found inside the cloud, soll trachten bei sich, will think to himself as follows: Was for a shaykes hab ich mit divus gefunden sich mechutz von dem Mannen? What relation do I have to those Yidin that are so far away, that are outside the cloud? So he thinks to himself that, look, you could see how far I am and I have no relation and therefore no responsibility, no connection to those Yidin that are outside the, the uh, cloud. Yes, it's true, those that are inside the cloud, they learn it, they learn, they fulfill mitzvahs. Not as felt they may be lacking one area of another, the fullest perfection in this. Or even if it's a simple person, versus in the is a woodchopper, a water carrier, is So yes, this person says to himself, yeah, I'm on a much higher level than him. I'm from the leaders amongst Klal Yisrael. It's, it's a big descent for him to lower himself down, to come and deal with a person that's on such a low level. He'll be ready to go ahead and do this. It's someone else which is in the same crowd and the same community or in the same lifestyle as me within Torah Mitzvahs, inside, inside the clouds. Aber, however, he continues and argues, was for a shaykhis hot etainet there, so there was gefintzich michutz lahanam, rachman olitzlan. What relation do I have to someone found completely out of the clouds of teireh and mitzvahs, God forbid? Mitin vilinit hobn tzutan. With this individual, I'm not interested in doing anything for his sake. And here the emphasis is on the word tzutan, as the Rebbe now explains. Uchala yoyser, vete moisev zayin l'schusay. I can do something for his behalf. I can do something in his for his merit. Like I'll, I'll learn for his sake. I'll daven for him that Hashem should help him. That I myself should do the, take action and go out. from the to leave the walls of the Bismedrish, or even the walls of a Besaknesis, a place of davening. And to go out and to search and to find another Yid, which is in a place, in, a, in an environment which is completely outside of this place, of this holy cloud. A place where there's no God fearing Jews there. 
He argues that this is, there's no place for such a kind of behavior. I don't belong going and finding Eden that are so far out. And how much more so you can continue and argue and say, if this is an individual that's on a level that his entire profession, to whatever degree that's possible today, because to really fully be on the level of is only in the times of the Tanoim. So if so, the logic, this thinking that negates and says that I have no reason to go out and leave where I am, to go find these Eden that are on the outside, is many times fold stronger. How is it possible to say that he has to give up of learning Torah on such a level? To go out to those that sin and are outside the cloud. In order to make sign of Zayf from the Amaleks, that is, to go and save them from whatever kind of attack of various levels of Amalek, strengthen them in their belief, help them be far from an Aveda, and to help them to influence them to do another mitzvah. Where, where, where is my place of here? I don't belong there. I belong in the place of Torah, and my profession is in learning Torah. That's the argument that a Yid will make. So for this we have the lesson right here from the Eshtel Muhammad by Yidin from Mitzrayim, from the very first battle that Yidin fought when they came out of Mitzrayim, Mohammed Amalek, the, the battle with Amalek, in Demalam. A lesson for all of these arguments that a person that may hesitate to go out and to fight and to find the Yid and to save him from Amalek may say, when Amalek comes and he wants to bother a Yid, he wants to hurt a Yid that's outside of the tent, or outside of the cloud that is. Even if the fact that a Yid is found in that place, he has only himself to blame. As Rashi says here regarding the Yid that were outside the cloud, it was there of Edis. So those Yidin that are inside the clouds have to go out and protect those Yidin, defend those Yidin and fight for their sake. Vadarab on the contrary. Who are the ones that have to be going at the head of the army to, to, to fight more than anybody else to protect another Yid? As Rashi says, Who do you choose? Those Yerechet, those that are God-fearing inside the clouds, they are the ones that have to be chosen to go and fight. Who's the one that's the general, standing at the head of everything? Is Yeshua. He was told to choose the men and to go out and fight. Who is Yeshua? He never budged from the tent of Moshe Rabbeinu. His entire life, his entire profession was all just Torah. He is the one that has to go and lead the battle here. And here the Torah adds an additional detail. Which in essence, and really if you look deeper at the story here, he's really the one that's leading this entire battle. He's the one that's appointing Yeshua. He's not just bowing out, but he's very involved. He's, he's appointing Yeshua as his agent. 
to go and conduct the battle. On Er, Hatalein Gefirta Muhammad Beruchni is bit philosophy. And he's also taking the spiritual part of the battle. Vihi Yadavamunat Boya Shem is standing with his hands spread out to heaven until the sun comes down. Er is the Gansen Togeven Shori Betainis the entire day he fasted for the sake. On his Gishtanen Biyadav Prusis Ashamayim Betfilis spread out with his hands in Davening. On Er Durav then Gepoilt, then Vagava Israel. And he brought that Yidin should be strong and be able to be victorious over Amalek. But after everything that Moshe Rabbeinu did in his participation in fighting with Yidin, Nevertheless, as we see here, the Eivish demanded that Moshe Rabbeinu should have been the one that should literally have gone out into the battle there for the, with, for the Yidin that are on the outside of the clouds. And therefore, from here is the lesson even to a, the greatest individual amongst the Yidin. Uh, it's not enough just the spiritual participation in the fight against the Malik, the spiritual fight against the Malik in every generation. It's not enough that you say to yourself that are those Yidin that are being attacked by the coldness of Amalek and are being taken away from Tater Mitzvahs, there are Munas being threatened and so on, and I'm just going to sit here and say a capital Tillim for their sake. The Davish should awaken their Neshama to return to Hashem. Even though this is a must, and this is a very great and powerful thing. And it's not even enough to send out agents, others that should go and do it in your place. The greatest person amongst Klai Yisrael, he himself has to go out and be there to interact with Yidin, to go, to elevate the Yidin, to return them to Hashem. That's the most powerful lesson that we learn over here and why the Torah is telling us here this detail, the story with Meshur Rabbeinu. And through this kind of behavior, as negate, not making any calculations, not using any logical reasoning, even if they are very important and holy calculations. In the when it comes to wiping out Amalek, so the Ebesher also will behave in the same manner in the Amalek, as the Pasuk says that Hashem promises that I will wipe out Amalek. Hashem will do it also beyond any calculations or limitations. On his medallic, even cats, on brain, the gula, see that Ebesher jumps ahead of the time and brings the upcoming redemption. Hashem Shalem, Vakise Shalem, the Ebesher's name will be complete, the Ebesher's throne will be complete, Bukarev Mamish, Uba Gola Didan.